Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show. And as usual with me here is Travis Rollins. Hey, 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 hey. How's it going, Travis? Well, I don't know. I don't want you guys using words with no meaning. I'm taking the stairs. Uh, you know, hey, be that it's way, then you take good, the man. stairs. You take them stairs. Maybe you'll catch the guy you're looking for. Then I might, I might, it's going all right, man. I had a pretty good weekend. Uh, worked all weekend, so the wife and kids decided that they was gonna clean the yard up, so I would feel like I had less to do when I had got when I got home. So today I was able to relax and hang out and play uh Minecraft half the day with my ten year old. So. Oh. And watch a really cool uh, movie that we're going to have to do a show on one day. What's so, this really cool movie you watched? Well, my sub name alludes to it. And it has a star in it. As a matter of fact, he started as the, the name that I have on my sub name on the screen. And I am still completely today. lost. Yeah. It's all right. It'll, it will reveal itself by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Rollins, man of mystery. Man of mystery. Well, today we are not talking about anything mysterious except for uh, the fugitive, and uh, nothing mysterious about that. Except that was a great movie. Or who killed his wife? Oh, that was a brief mystery. I think we all know who killed his wife now. Well, yeah. I think you know, like he. I mean, he gave new meaning to ripping off that arm and beating to death with it. Almost, you know. True, true. Tore his arm off, didn't get to beat him to death with it, but hey, still. Yeah. A little bit to that. Uh, two hours and 10 minutes long. This yes. movie, the Fugitive Harrison Ford, 1993, as a release date. Do you know, Travis? Mm-hmm. This movie had a $44 million budget estimated. I mean, I don't even think it's like full of special effects or anything, but $44 million estimated budget. That what do you think it grows worldwide? That must have been from renting them, them high uh, high profile areas that they did all the shooting in. Hey, it could have been. Could have been. But uh, uh, what, what do you think it grows gonna, worldwide, though? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say just I'm going to keep the same numbers and put a one in front of them. So I'm going to go with $143 million. Uh, nothing negative, Ghost Rider. It's a $368,875,760. It's a lot of De Niro there. Heck yeah, that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty good. So opening weekend wasn't that bad. Looks like Mm $23,758,000. August 8th, 1993. What does the Rotten Tomato people say about the movie? The Rotten Tomato people surprisingly give this a 96 on the tomato meter. A 96. A 96, man. That's fresh. That's certified fresh tomatoes right there, baby. I mean, that's almost like an A+. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Uh, Number one. Well, I don't know if it's a number one review, but the first one that pops up uh, by Mr. We don't give people to give nobody no daggum credit. Might get sued for using their name on the podcast. Anyway, (laughs) first person that pops up says everything is working in complete harmony. The screenplay, the direction. The performances, the design, it is all perfectly aligned to tell the best possible story. Ooh. Mm, that's high praise. High praise. <laughs> very well worded. Very well worded. Yeah. The movie, for anybody who uh, has not watched the 
the movie The Fugitive. Uh, and I'm basically, convinced there's a lot more people out here who have not seen these movies. We go over. I, I'm finding that out more and more. Yes, me too. Me too. It is a. It's mind blowing to me how many movies that people, even our age, we are like, how have you not seen that? Right. You know, it's like what. <laughs> I mean, I would think everybody has seen The Fugitive, though. I mean, Harrison Ford's got a big following, so. Right. But, I mean, uh, for those who haven't watched it and you're just curious about it, basically the movie's about a well-respected Chicago surgeon, Dr. Richard Kimball, comes Mm -hmm. home and finds that his wife, Helen, has been murdered in their own home. The police found Kimball and accused him of the murder, and, of course, he has his court date and everything, and he's found guilty of it. So, um. He yep. is a, uh, I'm sorry, I got a tongue twisted for a second there. That's going to get edited. Um, <laughs> basically, he was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death. However, on the way right. to prison, Kimball's transport crashed, and he escaped, and he's now on the run. Deputy mm-hmm. Samuel Gerard from Chicago takes charge of the chase of Kimball. He's in the U.S. Marshal's office. And meanwhile, Kimball takes up his own investigation to find out who really killed his wife and to lure Gerard and his team into it as well, because he wants mm-hmm. justice for his wife and everything. So uh, this movie did spawn off a sequel later on, just called U.S. Marshals. It had nothing to do with um, this fugitive storyline or with, um, you know, Harrison Ford. But right. it uh, just carried forward with the, the group that uh, Tommy Lee Jones heads. He's mm-hmm. the one that plays Deputy Sam Gerard. So I, I thought it was a fun movie, Travis. When I watched it, uh, I didn't even know at the time that it was based off of a TV series in the past. And, and I learned right. all about that. Yeah. I think the TV based series on, went about four years. Yeah, I was going to say, it was, it was back in the day, too. Yeah, it was back in the 60s, I believe. 63 through 67, if I read correctly mm-hmm. earlier. Yep, yep. So, but, um, and of what, course, so, isn't U.S. Marshals the sequel to this? Didn't we mention yes. that before? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It, it's it's on a sequel later, just called simply called U.S. Marshals. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just about the people who were in the U.S. Marshals that was yeah, chasing him, were chasing somebody different. The other one. I actually like that movie better than The Fugitive. I, you know, I didn't like it better, but I did like it. Right, I did. You know, it may be. I think I probably honestly saw U.S. Marshals before I saw The Fugitive. It's possible. Definitely possible. Uh, yeah. What did you think you about get, the movie exactly? I mean, did you, as far as the fugitive goes, not U.S. Marshals, but the fugitive? Um, if I were to watch, if I were to rewatch it, uh, if now I'm getting tongue tied, if I were to rewatch it now, I would much more greatly appreciate it than I did when I watched it. I've seen this movie one time, and it was in the '90s mm-hmm. when I was in my teens, um, and. I, looking back on it, I can say that it was a really good movie. But like I said, that's from my standpoint now. But when I watched it, I didn't care for it. it to me, it was boring. I didn't like stories like that back then. Yeah. I mean, everybody's different. You know, different aspects of your life. You're different in what you like to watch. The, and back in that time that I frame. The most about this movie was when basically, I think it's the end when he's on on, on the dam. And, well, that's not at the end of it. It's, it's toward okay. the middle. It's where he's escaping from them, and he's letting I see, that uh, shows you how much you know, Gerard <laughs> know. He said, like, I didn't kill my wife. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah, He's just there yeah. to take him in, basically. 
Yeah, that's what he's telling him. He's food for the fishes, and he's like, "Well, we'll get you. Won't you get a fishing pole and get out and fish it? Eighty my out of there or something." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember it, but I just did. Yeah, it was. It's not in. It's not in the top of my list, but I would definitely recommend it, especially for people who like you know CIA, FBI type flicks. Which, I, like I said, I'm, I'm more greatly appreciate these days for sure. Like I'm sure I would go back and watch it, but I mean that was a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, and the story was good too. It was pretty well told, well directed. It was a good movie. Uh, if you weren't into just that kind of stuff at that time frame, that would be different. You know what I mean? Like at that age, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I know I was just two years out of high school. So you right. had to be a young teenager at the time. I was 13. When yeah, 13. Was released. So, so we can I, count stuff for Travis. Anytime any movie made after 1980, we just count it. 80s, I was, you know what I mean? 90s, I was my teenager. So I was, I was born in 1980 <laughs> on the button. So you know what I mean? We just. 2000s would have been my 20s well it's easy to see you not liking it at 13 though i'm sure there's plenty of other things you were more interested I didn't in it was see probably it when I was 13 i'm sure though i'm sure i didn't yeah. watch it until you know 17 16 17 18 somewhere around in there i mean at that time frame i i, I liked a little bit of everything yeah is, is how i was when it came to movies i, was I mean I, I was even watching i would even go to the movie arts. I'd even go to the place uh, to the movie store on Fridays and I would rent the B action movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that never made to the theater go straight to tape. Yep. I mean, I loved watching them at the time. I would watch a lot of Cynthia Rothrock and Richard Norton and absolutely. Uh, and Bolo Young, uh, Jaleel Merhar. Uh, gosh, there were so many names. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I can't remember all of them at this point. Uh, Jim Cotta was a favorite at the time and it wasn't a B movie. It didn't go to the theater, but um, right. But that, that's the kind of stuff I'm, I was uh, renting a lot of on the weekends. But mm-hmm. still, when it came to a movie like this with Harrison Ford in it, you know, I did like Harrison Ford because, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Right, right. All that good stuff. Now, this wasn't one of those, uh, some like some of his older movies he had in the 80s that wasn't Indiana Jones. Uh, that were supposed to be action flicks. I didn't get too much into. We won't well, go see, too I'm far into that. But, before, before you throw that out there, I'm, I'm going I'm on, I'm on, I'm to tell a secret. Well, what's that, a, what's that? that? If you tell it, the hold on, hold. If you tell it, it's no longer be a secret. It's not a secret anymore. Well, you said it was a secret. So I'm just saying. I, I mean, we're gonna, well, we're gonna let we're gonna let y'all have it. It ain't much. It, I mean, it's not really much of a secret. It's a, how about a little known fact? A little, <laughs> I, a little ditty. Did you know? <laughs> oh, did you know? <laughs> so Kevin Costner and Heaven Harrison Ford fall into the same bag for me. Yeah, I have not at any point watched a movie that they were in that was not a great movie that I loved, but I don't like either one of them. So like, it's like, Oh, Harrison Ford's oh, I love Harrison Ford. It, it's nope. Like there's some actors like if they make a movie, I'm going to watch it just cause it's got them in it. Harrison Ford and Kevin Costner are two of the actors that I actually, it's not that I don't care for them. Like I actually dislike them, mm-hmm. but I will watch their movies because <laughs> neither one of them, I think that even Waterworld, I liked Waterworld at the time. Every, I love every single one of their productions that they've ever been in. I, I would tell you when it comes to Harrison Ford, now you you talk Star Wars because of Han Solo. You got Indiana Jones, obviously, as Indiana Jones. Right. And we got Blade Runner. You know, he's known as for people who love stuff like, like us, like stuff like that. Well, that's what we know him as, right? Yeah. And that's but, what I'm saying. That Those are but, classic, amazing, like, favorite right some of my but when you come to but when you come to the 80s form and you toss in frantic or the mosquito coast or presumed mm-hmm. innocent regarding henry 
I, I'm just not. I well, wasn't really into those movies. But then he comes back as Jack Ryan with Patriot Games. I'm like, yeah, I, I can deal with that. Right. That's good. And then you know, in in the '90s, he had a good list <coughs> of stuff. Clear and Present Danger is a follow up to Patriot Games. You know, there's The Fugitive. Uh, Air Force One. I really liked Air Force One. Six Days and Seven Nights was funny. I liked it. So he he's had well, some wasn't great it him things. Him and Richard Gere together in Sabrina. There, yeah, he he's is in Sabrina. Yes, that's a, I, I like that movie pretty good. Yeah, that was nineteen ninety five. So I mean, he's been in some great things for us and all. So I mean, I did. We could do like a whole history on him and take up quite a while. Maybe a couple episodes on him as far as that goes. Oh, um, yeah. and, and saying that, taking up a couple episodes because of their long career, his um, adversary, per se, in the movie, Tommy Lee Jones, one is chasing after him. That's my dude. I love him. Dude, he's Tommy got Jones, man. He's got a lot of great movies in his in his dude, repertoire. There. Holy cow. We were just talking beforehand. Um, you know, don't forget to check out our new uh bonus content that we're going to be trying out coming up here pretty soon. We were talking about um, movies from this same year and mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones. Holy cow. This dude is, this dude is busy, man. This dude was busy, bro. <laughs> he he's he's, he's another Gene Hackman almost, isn't he? Man. You know, do you hear me? He's like another Gene Hackman almost. Yeah. He was like in everything. It's crazy how many movies and, and he's, he's another one too. Now I do, I do love Tommy. I, he's one of the ones that if you put him in a movie, I watch it just cause it's got him in it. Just cause I love all his work, man. Was, yeah, I mean, and, and it might not be, he might not be a star or even a co-star. He may have just a bit part in the movie. Like yeah. in Captain America, the first Avenger, he had a bit part in there. Yeah. He was the general or something. Wasn't he? The, something the, along that line. He was giving Steve Hale the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything big, but you go back into, uh, I mean, he goes back deep. I mean, he's back into the 70s there. Yeah, man. Doing some TV series and movies and such. He hits the mm-hmm. 80s, and you see Coal Miner's Daughter, where he plays uh, Dooley or mm-hmm. Doolittle, whatever you want to call him, uh, Loretta Lynn's husband. Right, uh, right. He's in Rainmaker, you know. Lots and lots of stuff. So what many would things. Be, what would be uh, a little game we like to play sometimes with the stars? What would be, you think, the first movie you remember seeing him from like, Tommy like not Jones? necessarily chronologically speaking but like the first one you can remember you seeing where you go hey that's that guy where i've seen him first or where i officially knew him where you like, official i like where you officially knew him oh man i didn't really and truly oh, it's gonna have to be under siege for me okay uh, because I mean, and don't get me wrong. I watched Lonesome Dove a little bit, not a lot. I seen mm-hmm. Firebirds, but don't remember a lot about it. He was in that, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in Coal Miner's Daughter, which I had seen, but I was younger, so I don't remember a lot about it. Right, and so, unfortunately for me, <laughs> my my first mother in law, Coal Miner's Daughter was like her favorite movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but. Uh, that didn't come till later. So I would say that under siege would have been the one that I was introduced. I, I probably not the first one that I ever saw him, but the first one where I like, I, I could remember it. That's where it was. Hey, that's the guy from under siege. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think really my first movie, I think would be the warden and natural born killers. Cause I was natural like, I was killers. like, Hey, that's the dude from under siege. The crazy dude. 
After Natural Born Killers, of course, we can look at Batman Forever playing Harvey Two-Face. We can look at Volcano playing yep. the role of uh, Mike Rourke. Men in Black playing K, Agent you K. You get right over Ty Cobb. <laughs> I mean, I, I did. Yeah, I know. I went right over it. He was Cobb, man. That's a great movie, too. He does amazing in that movie. Because, you know, Ty Cobb was an alcoholic and a womanizer, and like he was supposed to be this like piece of trash dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the baseball players at that time were about that same frame. That's why, yeah. you know, they used to have that talk in baseball when everybody was talking about Barry Bonds being, you know, jacked up on the performance-enhancing drugs, right, the PEDs. Right. And they said, you know, Babe Ruth never had PEDs. They said, well, no one ever complained that Babe Ruth came to play baseball half drunk most of the time either. Or that, <laughs> like you said, being a womanizer, speaking of womanizers, Babe Ruth right at the top of the list up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... I think a lot of the ball players back in that time frame were probably about the same. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We shouldn't talk about that though. This should be. I mean, those guys worked hard for their monies. Yeah, let's let's real quick round out the list. I'm gonna, I'm gonna round out the list real quick so we can move on. So just to see because this is who we're referencing. This is who my name is, Kevin Brown is referencing. So we're gonna we'll, we'll fly through real fast. So yes. uh, you you had uh, Batman Forever, Volcano, Men in Black. Uh, Double Jeopardy, Rules of Engagement, Space Cowboys, Men in Black, Two, uh, No Country for Old Men is a highlight from the third Men in Black Three. Oh, that's right outside of us. Uh, the Company Man. His last movie in what we cover is The Company Man, 2010, which I've never seen. I have not either. That's quite a few of his later ones I've never seen. Really, I mean, when he was in Captain America: First Avenger, and there's that small part. That's the first thing I've seen him in in a while, probably. Right. Cool, cool. So I'm doing this. I'm such a Marvel fan. I'm doing this thing that Marvel does. I'm throwing like little things out there. So in Men in Black, which is what I got to watch this weekend with my 10 year old, he ain't never seen it. He's like, I think I watched this with your dad. I'm like, no, nah, trust me, man. You're going to love this movie. Oh, he was in. I said, it's about aliens, bro. I don't want to watch it. I was like, dude, just trust me. Dude, 10 minutes into the movie, he's just glued to the screen. I'm like, I told you. So for those of you that don't know, Men in Black is about Agent K finding will smith's character uh i can't remember his name from jay agent jay yeah well he became jay yeah trying to find his real name but anyway tommy lee jones was there at roswell basically and he got recruited as if i think one of the first official men in black cool you're right yeah so he 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 lost his name as Kevin Brown and adopted the name K because everybody in the Men in Black. Oh. <laughs> How did I not remember that? <laughs> now I'm now you're laughing because you know I'm mad. I'm mad at myself kids, now. Dude, I was doing the Men in Black. Oh and my god! Two and then I went Men in Black three. Wait a minute, that's outside of our timeline. <laughs> I was giving you layups, a good man. a good play on the movie there too, outside of the timeline. I can't believe I let the name Kevin Brown go. When I saw this earlier, people, it says Kevin Brown. If you're if you're able to see the like a video clip of this later or something, he's got the name Kevin Brown under his name. I'm like, what is that from? Why does that? Sound? I can't I can't place it now. I'm mad. I should have remembered that. Gotcha. It's always something to do with what we're talking about too. And I, I thought I was I was thinking, what's Kevin Brown got to do with the fugitive? Right. Yeah. But you know, I mean, so okay. Anyway. Uh, gonna throw, I'm, I'm going to throw a few more is. names. I'm going to throw a few more names out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we'll we'll touch on a couple more of them here in a few minutes. But I'm just going to throw the names out there first. Uh, Celia Ward played the wife. Uh, she is a 
very small part in it, basically. Mm-hmm. So not much to her. Julianne Moore played a part of a doctor in a hospital, DR, I think oh, it was. Oh, Julianne Moore. Very nice, very nice. Uh, and the, well, she's one we'll talk about in a few minutes. So we'll, we'll pick mm-hmm. up on her. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. Yep, he's awesome. He's awesome. That's right. He's, he's another a, one of those side side guys. You know what I mean? Like bit parts, but you know him from yeah. everything that he's in. Right, and we'll bring he. He's another one I want to bring up as well. So okay. just real quickly in a minute, um, Andreas Katsoulis. And you you see him in other things. He he plays Sykes in the movie, the the one arm guy. You've seen him in so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the movies I remember him from was Next of Kin. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Roebuck uh, plays one of the guys along with Deputy Gerard, as well as Tom Wood and L. Scott Caldwell. He looks uh, so crazy familiar. Which one? The one that you're talking about. Daniel Roebuck, Tom Wood. Oh, no, no, the one you first mentioned. He's Kagar. He's a uh, he's a uh, Babylon Five. He's in Babylon Five. Who? Uh, Daniel Robot and Andreas Castulus. Oh, oh, Castulus, him. Okay, yeah, because you see him in a lot of things. Big, the, he was the alien with the spots and the big. I can see him through his makeup. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> these are some of the now the, the couple of these we're going to touch up on more here in just a minute. Like I said, but uh, I want to go ahead real quick, Travis, if I can. Want to go ahead and get our quick commercial break in talking about our good friend of the show tim and his podcast so you guys if you will take a moment take a listen to this and when you get a moment check out tim's podcast hey everybody i hope you're enjoying the show today but bear with me just one moment while i get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours tim at 80s flicks flashbacks life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. <laughs> what's dude? What's that movie? Is it? Is it? She's all that. What's? The, it's got Freddie Prince Jr. in it. I think they they take the nerdy girl. I think it was one of the first movies where they took the nerdy girl and turned it into the bombshell. When, when she she's all out, that. that. That's one of them. Yeah, she's all that. That's the one where it, when she come out walking down the stairs or whatever and it does that. Chica-chica. And then then falls down at the end of it. That, that's also from Ferris Bueller. Yes. Uh, that, that's why he was doing the thing at the end of it. Like you're still here. You know, that's the same thing he does at the end of the, the actual movie Ferris Bueller right. when the credits are going off. Which is what Ryan Reynolds did at the end of the Deadpool thing, which is so hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So jump back on a couple of these people real quick. Uh, Julianne Moore. Yes. What's Love the uh, first thing you remember Julianne Moore from? Oh, um, the first thing I saw her in or the first thing I, got, I knew her from? I'm going to have to ask you the same thing. Oh, let's just say the the first the first time you recognize who that you really n- understood who she was there. It's going to probably 
have to be... Mm, I'm going to say... Uh, it's going to be a toss-up between... Uh, I'm going to say the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Because that was when... You know what I mean? She'd been in a couple of different things before. Well, she'd been in quite a few things before that, I think. But I, I knew who she was there. And where I re- that was the first one where I recognized her. But the one where, that really, really caught me up in her was... Um, she played... Well, she played Clarice in the Hannibal movie. Yeah, but she was in another scary movie that I cannot remember the name of to save my life. Was it around the same time frame? You, huh? Around the same time frame, or I don't think so. What 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 do you remember her from? I'll I'll try to figure it out while you tell me what you remember her from. Assassins. Oh, Stallone and uh, the Banderas. Yeah, Banderas. Who I need a pirate movie from. I'm lobbying to get a pirate movie from him after watching Dr. Doolittle with uh, RDJ. I need a new Pirates of the Caribbean, and I need Antonio Banderas to play the main character. You do? Yes, yes. If you've not seen the Doolittle remake, go watch it just for him. <laughs> like, it's so good. I was like, I didn't know I needed this in my life. <laughs> so everybody listening, Travis is requesting that you lobby for him to be in that movie. Yes, yeah, or, or just make a new one for him. This, like whatever it takes, we got to have this happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw her in the Fugitive first, really, and but I mean, the movie I first actually understood and knew who she was was Assassins. Okay, definitely for sure on that one. Uh, and she'd been in a couple of other small things. She was in ben, Benny and June, Body of Evidence, The Hand That Rocks mm-hmm. the Cradle. You know, The Gun and Betty Lou's Handbag. I never seen that one, but she was in it. So, I mean, you know, but the first real thing was uh, that. And then followed up from that, she was in uh, Lost World Jurassic Park. Right. Yes. Now, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, is that the one where the baby, is that one of the old babysitter going after the dad movies? Yep. Okay. Re- I thought Rebecca DeMornay. I do remember her from that. I do I do remember her from that. And I remember from Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, she's had quite a good career. But Movie we were talking about who, where, I, where I knew who she was, and that's what I said. I've seen her from those, and I would I would say that probably at yeah, a Big Lebowski is where I truly remember from. She was in Psycho, the remake of Psycho in 1998 as well. She played uh, Lila Crane. But yeah. there's one, and I can't find it on here, and I don't remember what year it was from. Uh, but it was some, it was a horror movie that was really really good. And I, I, this may be it right here. I think it's called The Forgotten. Um, it's where this it's some kind of a d- abduction type thing to where people's children are going missing and they're getting told that they never existed. It's called The Forgotten. Oh, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. it. Yeah, that was that one was pretty, pretty wild. And then uh, Children of Men was was pretty great. It had uh Darn it. What's my guy's name from um uh he played in the uh uh Clive Owen, Clive Owen. So it's got Clive Owen in it. And I think what it is is uh there's no more children being born. And for whatever reason, you know, kids can't have children anymore. It's not like a thing that the government did. It's just like we can't have kids anymore. So now they have a baby that they're trying to transport over to whatever. Or a woman got, uh, they had a pregnant woman, I think it was, but it's a really yeah. great movie too. 
I, I don't really remember a, a lot of her stuff after, you know, a certain time frame. Uh, but I wasn't a huge fan of hers. I mean, she's, she's, she's all right. I mean, I'm not saying she's not great as an actress or anything, but I mean, a lot lot of the movies that she chose, I wasn't really interested in, you know, I'm a sucker for redheads. So any guy, anytime we got a kind of pretty one, we remember her in in my house, Like we got her and we got, she's definitely memorable. I'm not denying that by any means, you know, (laughs) definitely memorable. Yeah. Um, Joe Pantoliano. Do you know why I think that's cool right there? Why he's a cool person. One Why of the earliest he, things I remember him from. He's one of the Fratellis. Yeah. You can't let go of that. Yeah, you don't remember who the Fratellis are, do you? Uh, me? You're talking about the Goonies, brother. How okay, I'm just making you? sure. How do I just, not know who the... Yeah, I'm, I'm just making you, sure. I'm throwing it out you there. Guys, nah, nah, nah. You ain't going <laughs> to reference the Goonies on me. <laughs> I'm not, I'll, I'll know that one. Yeah. I guess I was hoping I'd slide one by you like you got the Kevin Brown by me. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. One of the Fratellis. Yeah, because uh, I remember him, and then um, because he's done. It's funny to me that <laughs> it's funny to me that that Joe and what, what's my guy's name? Uh, he was in, bro. He's been in so many gangster movies. The other Fratelli brother, I can't remember his name to save my life. But it's, you know, it's off just, the top of my head, I can't remember. It's hilarious to me that both of the Fratellis have been in so many like gangster movies. But while oh, you're talking about that for a second, I'll look it up and I'll tell fun. you though. Heck yeah, yeah. He's he's a super cool dude, man. Like I said, he's he does a lot of the side side stuff too. So and, and he did a lot a lot of TV back in the day. But I think the, I think the Goonies was probably his first movie too, wasn't it? I don't know if it's his first or not, but the other Fratelli is Robert Davy. Robert Davy, yeah. And I believe I remember Robert Davy from uh, an American. Something. I don't know. He's been in quite a few things, though. He's, he's he's one of those guys you know when you see him. He was yeah, in Die Hard. He's one of the agents in Die Hard on the on the helicopter. Right. You know, this just like being back and numb. <laughs> right, yeah. The other guy's like, I wasn't even born yet, man. Yeah. So, Pantalone. Pantalone Pantaliano. This dude. Joey Pants. That's what he likes to be called, Joey Pants. He, he was Captain Howard in Bad Boys, which was awesome. Baby's Day Out. Uh, like I said, keeping keeping on doing um, TV like the whole time. Uh, he had a little uncredited role in the movie Congo. Do you remember Congo, where they were looking for the, the white gorilla? Right. Yeah. I did like that movie. Now, he was in Eddie and the Cruisers. Eddie in the Cruises. That's one in of my favorites. He's in Risky Business in '83. Mm. The Final Terror in '83. He was busy yeah. in '83. Dropped three of them in one year. A lot of TV uh, roles. Uh, lot of episodes lots. here and there. Hardcastle, McCormick, Hill Street Blues, Trepper John, MD, Heart to Heart, Simon and Simon. Then he started picking up on some more movies. Uh, TV shows, yep. LA Law again. So, I mean, yeah, he, he's he's definitely been around. Uh, I, I remember him most recent uh, when I was watching Netflix. I was watching the uh, Daredevil series on Netflix. Yeah. He was the reporter. Okay. Heck yeah. Let's no. Was- I'm sorry. My bad. The movie Daredevil, not the Netflix oh, okay. series. The movie with Ben Affleck playing Daredevil. Yeah, I was going to say with Affleck. My bad. <laughs> Correct myself, though, real quick there. Uh, yeah. Highlander, the TV series, had an episode there. Mm-hmm. 
He came Matter of fact, in, I just uh, watched that episode just the other day. It's in the first well, see, season. I'm Mike, not rewatching I know that now. Him, I know him best. Where I recognize him the absolute best from mm-hmm. was a cipher in my in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, the Matrix. Because he was the one that he was the one that has probably my favorite line from the movie. It said, "I don't even see the code anymore, man. I just see a blonde or a brunette, or you know what yeah. I mean." <laughs> so he, yeah, I don't even I, see the code anymore. I'd forgotten he was in Matrix. To be honest with you, that's where I, I think that's where that's where it really clicked for me, and I realized how much stuff I ha- how much I had seen that guy. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, that's that guy. I've seen him everywhere. Who is he? And now you know. And now I know. Clicked on some uh, trivia stuff. So let's find us a trivia thing or two here to throw out there. I like trivia. Useless trivia. Of course, I didn't know this, but this is one of those little tidbits they'll never tell you about, I guess, really, mm-hmm. around movie time. Harrison Ford damaged some ligaments in his leg running in the scenes in the woods. Oh. It says after, I guess, he'd uh, escaped in the transport had uh wrecked and everything refused to take surgery till the end of filming so his character would keep the limp mm-hmm. the limp can be seen in any subsequent scene where richard kimball is running it's uh the scene where kimball's running through the saint patrick's day parade was not scripted this was a later edition by andrew davis native of the city really wanted to capture the parade and was granted permission from the mayor's office to film the day of the parade entire sequence was shot with a handheld steady cam so Heck yeah! Let's do like let's do like point counterpoint, and and you can do the, the did you know? And I'm gonna do what I love, which is goofs. Uh, throw one some my, goofs out there. Yeah, one of my favorite ones is when Kimball is uh, when Robert Kimball's having the passport photos taken. He's wearing the same green shirt that he don't buy until later. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Did you know the wrecked train and bus that he was on when he escaped remains a tourist attraction in Dillsboro, North Carolina? Are you serious? Because, dude, I go to Dillsboro all the time. I go there to go to the chocolate store. We ride trains. That we go there to ride trains. They have so in Dillsboro, there's a Christmas store that's open all year round. It's in a big old house. There's a little like, um, not really Bavarian, but like a, just a little small neighborhood right there. And there's yeah. a chocolate store that's known that that's won uh, nationwide um, awards because they have these little chocolate candies that are actually made with, with real liquor. And so they have like the, all the different ones like Jameson or Bailey's or whatever. And then they have the Christmas Express, Polar Express theme train ride. They do dinner train rides and stuff like this. Oh. And I have not one time seen that the bus from the fugitive is in this town. Now I have to go to Dillsboro. Dillsboro is a two hour ride from my house. You have to look just to find out now, just to see if yeah, it's Yeah, now there. I got to go back to be like, hey, where's this bus? We will Google <laughs> that after the show. We'll I'm do definitely going to do that because I will go. Did you know originally Julianne Moore's character had a bigger role in the film? As, uh, even after she exposes him briefly, Kimball has or Kimball was to have sought her out for help and eventually fall for her. These scenes were filmed and deleted from the final cut of the film. And this is the reason her name is still credited as one of the main stars of the picture. Oh, wow. Well, that definitely would have taken a different. Here's your one. Here's your one to look up on YouTube afterwards. While Kimball's holding the gun on Gerard in the tunnel, 
the position of Gerard's hair matted against his for his forehead, it changes. And like it, when the camera flips, <laughs> it's like back it's reversed. It. <laughs> reverse the camera uh, angle. Um, how about the skates? And so this one is the one that really gets me. How about the skates? Who the people on the roller skates in the hospital? Nobody in the whole world is going to let you wear roller what? skates. In a yeah. Who? Oh, that's no. Like, what's that, man? That's a little I, silly. I can't see that. This isn't Back to the Future. We're we're doing a factual movies here. Can't be on roller skates in the Grand Gum Hospital. Pure insanity. No. Of course, you're in a good place to be on the skates if you fall and hurt yourself. That's true. That's true. You're already there for that. Uh, yeah. When Triage. when Tommy Lee Jones was firing his gun at the glass door, when uh, Kimball's running from the hospital, he's chasing him. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, he he fires his gun with the blanks, and you see where it looks like the bullets are hitting the glass. It says wax bullets were fired at the glass door at the same time Tommy Lee Jones was firing his blanks. To give you the oh. the impression that you know bulletproof glass, they were shooting the glass. Yeah. So the wax bullets will make like the smoke marks or whatever. Yeah. Make it look more realistic for it. Um, Harrison Ford, first actor to sign onto the film, September 92, and personally agreed with Andrew Davis directing the film after seeing him do Under Siege in 92 and being impressed with the results. Mm. The dead inmates' legs in the bus wreck changed from being sideways and dirty to straight ahead and clean. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it funny how little things like that get by and we don't really notice them a lot of the times? It's like it's like when we did the Maverick episode and there's a, there's a whole plane flying behind them. Did you go back and see that, by the way? I have not. Done, I didn't. I forgot all about it. I did, too. I went to go look. I didn't do that. I did not. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones reportedly told Joe Pantoliano, it's not like anyone's going to win any awards for this film. However, the movie was eventually nominated for seven Academy Awards and three Golden Globes, with Jones himself ironically winning both the Academy <laughs> Award and Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for the film. That's hilarious. <laughs> it says Harrison Ford was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor, but lost to Tom Hanks in his performance in Philadelphia. Wow. Harrison Ford shadowed doctors at University of Chicago Medical Center to prepare for his role. He said it allows you to move and act as if you've done this hundreds of times before. I reckon. I can see did that. Did he have any moments in the movie where he did any doctorly things, though? Yeah, when he's uh, in there trying to get some information uh, on the person, you know, the guy with the one arm, some like some leads and stuff. Yeah, there's a he's got a janitor suit on. Basically, that's how he sneaks around in. Mm-hmm. And a kid is wheeled in on a gurney, and he's having trouble breathing. So this is where Julianne Moore's character comes in. She tells him to, "Hey, give us a hand, help us out. Take his okay. kid down to such and such." So he does, and as he's walking off, he's holding up his x-rays to the light and looking at it, which she sees him doing and thinks it's strange, but she can't stop and say something to him. So he gets in the elevator. He's asking the kid where it hurts, what happened, everything, looks at his stuff and realizes she's misdiagnosed him and oh. uh, puts on there what he needs to have done and signs his name off on it and everything, you know, Dr. Oh, wow. Kimball, Dr. Richard Kimball, and says, get this kid to the OR, you know, okay. and he's got to go now. So saved the kid's life. They found out later on when the when the Gerard was talking to Julianne Moore's character. Boy, so yeah, he he did do a little something like that. Okay, that's cool. It's not unheard of for people to do things like that to uh, research move, uh, acting roles in any way either. Though they, they do, that goes on a lot. Yeah, 
You know, we were talking not too long ago, you and I were, I forget what movie it was, but we were talking about, you know, quick filming times. Mm-hmm. They filmed this movie. It was shot in 73 days mm-hmm. and had one of the fastest turnaround post-production is- schedules. So it was pushed up for a release date in August of 93. So, yeah, that that's, uh, that's pretty quick. That's pretty yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, overall, I mean, how would you grade the movie here? You think, um, I know you said you've changed over the years. You didn't like it when you first saw it cause you were younger. And as you get older, you tend to like more of this stuff thinking about watching it today. How would you rate this film? You think, how would you, what would you get? Oh man, I'd give it a pretty good one, man. I'm, I'd probably, I don't like going any higher than like, I do scales of one to 10 and I get way too far into it. So like, I'm like, I don't, I'll give it an eight. <laughs> so if I give it a nine, then that's just too close to perfection for me. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's hard. It's gotta be hard to get into the nine area. I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to give it a 8.1. 8.1. Oh yes. Just so I can be different. Hey. And I, because like I said, I, I think it's a well-told story directed. Well, I liked it and everything. Uh, had some decent action to it. You you start to like the characters after a while. Uh, even Gerard's character and his group of people, uh, which is why they spun that second movie off on them. People kind of took to that as well and everything. So overall, I think you know it was a really good movie. Heck yeah! I, I won't say it's a uh, Harrison Ford's absolute best, but I say it's one of his best movies of that type. I mean, he'll always be Han Solo to me or Indiana Jones when it comes down to it. But movies like this kind of carry him over the years for me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, uh, we are close to wrapping this up, Travis, with our new format we're going with here. We're kind of shortening the episodes down a little bit and then doing a, a little bonus episode here in a few minutes. We're going to go ahead and yeah, record yeah. in the books. Uh, yeah, so, I think we'll have fun. With let that. us know. An idea for that. Yeah, let us know what you think about the uh, new format we're going to pull off here and what we're doing with the shorter episodes and dropping off some little bonus things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us at Instagram and Facebook as well as TikTok under at Retro Life for You, number four, Y O U. We also have a website, www.retrolife, the number four, the letter U.com where you can catch all of the podcasts there as well as, you know, go to your favorite player. If you want to go to Spotify or iTunes or, you know, Google or Amazon, someone like that, you can link, uh, you can click the links from all those on there as well. So uh, we got one thing we're trying to kick in here and we want people to message us or email us. You can email us at retrolife, the number four, you at gmail.com or just go to one of the, previously mentioned uh, social media places drop us a message there let us know what you liked about this movie what your favorite part of the movie was you can go in detail if you want to oh, and on the next episode well yeah or why you hated it whatever the case may be <laughs> and on the next episode we'll pick one out and we'll read it give everybody and give that person uh, a shout out and everything I so it. i love it i love it, it. He loves it. I'm gonna tell you how to do your job. I think you're sleeping with the fishes now. We might even let uh, Travis read it in some crazy voice or something. Who knows? That'd be funny. That'd be great. I'd love that. We, just, you know, we know you. How about that. If, you, if you write the comment, you pick the voice I have to read it in too. <laughs> oh no, that could be dangerous. Extra fun for you. That could be dangerous. You might not be able to pull that one off or something. Uh, I yeah, don't that's know. True. You know. That's true. I can't do everybody. If you can't make promises, we can't keep all. You know, I mean, this might not yeah. work. 
I guarantee it'll be funny. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Travis, anything you uh, have parting for yeah, us today? I, I really, I wanted to ask you what you call a fish with no eyes, but I think you already know. So I'm going to ask, I'm going I'm to see if you know what, what, uh, what a fish say when they hit a wall, like when they swim into the wall. What? Damn. 